When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hey, Tamika. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all That's right. Good. All right. All right. So let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. <laughs> all right. So hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I'm going to be having Tamika with me. We're going to do some movie news. Not only that, but I just want to say happy 421. This is happy National Drug Testing Day. If you have smoked weed yesterday, and everything. This is actually going to be National Drug Testing Day. So I know God has been busy. So let's go on ahead and do some movie news. <laughs> you suck. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, let's begin. All right. So now that the powers that be, let's go on ahead and get on with the show. <laughs> so, um, so what? I know that we're going to be talking about some Venom news. We're going to be talking about some Hunger Games. And no whole entire quarantine thing where everybody is stuck inside the house eating all the time mm. and playing games because of the fact that they're eating but mm. there is actually don't judge us <laughs> exactly <laughs> but there is going to be a hunger games prequel and then we're actually getting into some sandman news no i'm not talking about what's on the beach and there's actually a man being buried underneath the sand mm. but there is actually going to be some sandman comic book sweaty news that's going to be coming off of that and then chris pine may star in the saint reboot uh remake and if you don't know what the saint is it's actually a movie that starred del kilmer and then after that we're going to be talking about atlanta um is actually approving for drive-in theaters to be opened up and also i think movie theaters too if if i'm correct uh yeah unfortunately (laughs) okay so we're gonna we're not gonna talk about the germaphobe thing yet we're gonna go on ahead and talk about the venom stuff uh, so, like I said before, Venom has actually got a title, and it also has a release date. It was actually supposed to come out in October second of 2000 and, uh, two October second, twenty twenty. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't. This is news to me. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed <laughs> to come out. Well, don't get too excited. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyways, um, instead of it coming out, October. Uh, like in October of 2020, like we wanted to, it's going to be pushed back until June 25th of 2021 mm. because of this whole entire COVID-19. Mm. And that actually makes me sad because of the fact that, you know, I was excited to see a second Venom movie. And I was even more excited that it's going to be opening up in October again, like it did last time with the first movie. And because of this COVID thing, it kind of, dampers my mood on the fact that it's going to be a summer movie rather than an October movie but I'm still excited regardless of the fact that number one it's a Venom sequel and it also has a title now but what do you think about the title and also the release date um I feel like the release date there may be a possibility it will be pushed back again well the movie's already been done filming Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a wrap. It's a done deal. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. 
but yeah, that's why it was actually going to be coming out this year was because of the fact that God done um, filming and matter of fact, Andy Circus is actually the one who's directing this movie, mm-hmm. and the screenplay is also written by Tom Hardy. What? Yep. <laughs> Tom Hardy himself wrote the screenplay for the second Venom movie. Oh my goodness, has he written before? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, oh. I've seen him and different things and stuff like that. But as far as writing anything, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he wrote any stuff for Taboo when he was in that TV series or produced anything. But, you know, it might be something that I might want to have to visit just to see what he, see if he's done anything else. Mm. Well, I can't wait for the second Venom movie. Um, I saw the first one. Um, actually, I had biases toward the first one, like hearing about it coming out because I still had Spider-Man 3 in my mind right now it's like ew what <laughs> come on Ugh. you see i think everybody had that in their heads to be honest with you i was actually one of those people but then as the news reports broke out it was they were talking about making this thing dark and gritty mm. and talking about making it red r i'm like okay this is the venom that we deserve yes this is not the venom that we had to have in 2007 and you know i was that's what made me excited about it. But then they dropped down to a from a rated R down to a PG thirteen, mm. and it kind of lowered my standards on how I was going to perceive the film. And you know, I remember actually doing reaction videos and reviews for this thing because I was actually excited about the fact that it was going to be rated R. And then all of a sudden, it just winded up dropping down a notch or two because I wasn't sure what to expect from a PG thirteen Venom movie because it was supposed to be a horror element mixed in with some sci-fi into it i was going to eat all that up and then come to find out that they changed the whole they changed it to a pg-13 and i don't know if you knew this or not but there was actually some talks that tom holland was actually on the set of venom what yeah he was actually on the set of venom but so, this is what disney did though disney did this because just because sony owns the rights to Venom and everything doesn't mean that Disney doesn't have a say-so on anything that happens. Mm. So, anyways, basically, they removed Tom Holland from the set, and they told him, hey, you cannot be in this movie or whatever because of the tone, so therefore, they changed it to a PG-13 rating, so that way, later on, Tom Holland could probably try and, you know, coexist with this whole entire Sony universe. And everything so the way you can adapt to a PG 13 movie. So is Tom Holland's fault? No, it's actually <laughs> Disney's no, it's actually Disney's fault because of the fact that they actually had to yank him from the set. Mm. Because he was actually signed on to actually play a cameo in Venom. And so Disney got word of it and said, Hey, look, this is not gonna be right for Tom Holland at this moment or whatever. So what they did was they went on ahead. And they got winded up making Tom Holland leave the set. So mm-hmm. therefore, Sony's like, well, you know what? We're going to ha- go on ahead, make this movie a PG-13 movie. So that way, Tom Holland can actually do a cameo for next time and everything. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if this is actually going to be R-rated or not. But it makes me excited because I get to see Carnage for the first time on the screen. Uh, I think it was pretty good material for PG-13. 
um, it is easy transition to rated R right. if they want to do that. Um, right. But yeah, I I can't wait for it. Um, it made me sympathize with Venom, which I did not have that same feeling in Spider-Man 3. Exactly. There was no emotion to that character at all. It was like very one-dimensional if you actually think about yeah. it. Yeah. The way they actually handled Venom. And, you know, I really have to say, I mean, yes, I didn't re- whenever I said it, it took me down a notch or two because it was PG-13 for this Venom movie. When I saw the movie and everything, all of that went away and I wound up loving the movie for what it was. Yes, the villain was one-dimensional or whatever, but it was still good. The motivation and stuff like that was actually pretty decent to where I could actually enjoy the movie. Yeah, I think um, Tom Hardy's performance really carried the movie and helped along with the writing and the production and the editing. Like, it was a redemption, basically. (laughs) It really was. And I love what Tom was able to do with Venom. Like, he even played the voice of Venom too, as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they actually he actually played the voice of Venom. Hmm. So he said, I'll sign on to play Venom if I can actually play Venom as well. So you actually have Tom Hardy doing both. And he actually, they actually pulled it off really nice with the mixing and everything else for the voice of Venom. Hmm. And I love the humor in it. The humor is really good. They actually used one of the lines from the 1996 or 7's comic book from Venom, where you remember where he says, you guys are all tur- turds? Uh, yes, I think so. That's actually a line from the comic. Oh. So they actually do a little bit of a nod to the comic. Hmm. I like the last scene, too. Um, where the, I think that was where the guy was going to rob the convenience store. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then he did he kill him? I think he killed him. He ate him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he ate the guy. I mean, I would be like, thanks, Venom. <laughs> I mean Well, Hardy still kind of looked awkward though when he got out of that store. Because thanks, Mrs. So and so. I'm sorry about the mess. Look, it's okay. It's okay, sweetheart. I clean it up later. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I really loved it. I, I really thought that was actually one of the best things that Sony has done with their um, universe and everything. Yes. Knowing that, but one thing I think that they're actually going to incorporate, I would like to actually see a Sony-verse where we actually have all of our stuff in just the Sony-verse. Hmm. Where we have Morbius, where we have all these characters from the Sinister Six stuff. Hmm. Interesting. Because that means that they would have to compete with Disney right now, who is the top boss right. of all these uh, comic book hero movies. So Exactly. And for them to have like anti-hero kind of stuff going on, because here's the thing, Morbius is actually misunderstood in a sense hmm. because of the fact that so he has some type of skin disease to where he's actually trying to work on a cure. And he's trying to find everything he can to find this cure, but he's doing it in the wrong mm. ways. And everything. But, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we actually see Tom Holland in that movie. Oh, just a cameo of... Okay. This is a, right, just to say, to make it connect. 
Because there are some, from what I've read over the summertime, remember when Tom Holland said that he was no longer going to be Spider-Man or and stuff like that? Um, is that Where, after he finished his movies? <laughs> that was after he finished doing uh, Far From Home and they were trying to fight over the rights. Disney and Sony was trying to fight over the mm, rights. Okay. And well, anyways, they worked out a deal. So now Tom Holland can actually do three or four other films, I believe. But one of those other projects is like an unknown film. So I wouldn't be surprised that maybe it might just be a cameo in, in the project or if it's part of the Sony thing that they're doing. Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool, actually, if that could happen. I think so, too. I think it would have fit in really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Redemption from Toby Maguire. Hey, I like Toby for the first movie and the second movie because of the fact that it was really good for like the 1950s kind of flavor for Peter Parker that it worked for the, for back then. But it does not work for a 2020 ver- version of Peter Parker now. Yes. And where is Tobey Maguire? Like, is he okay? Like, during <laughs> this coronavirus quarantine? Is he okay? I don't know. I'm, maybe Tell we should go in your and listeners <laughs> to locate Toby Maguire so that we'll we can know that he's okay. Because I'm worried right. about him. <laughs> Just like Chris McDonald we'll from <laughs> Batman, I'm worried about him too. I don't. I don't know where he is. That's another one that disappeared. Mm, this is not good. No, mm. it's not. And we're in a pandemic, and we need to check. Yeah, out if two. you see any of these two men. Please call the show and let us know that they are okay. Now we're special investigators. Yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, what other topics did you want to get on uh, for the next one? Oh, is my segment now? My little mini yeah, segment? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can go in and do your. I am uh, so segment. excited. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, go in and nerd Yay. out. Get sweaty. No. We talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so down to business. I started I started watching the X-Men series again. And it's on Disney Plus under the throwback option tab if your listeners want to go back and see it as well. Um I first saw this when I was a kid, and I remember it used to come on Fox Kids. I think that was the name yep. of it. Yeah, like every it. Saturday, oh, Saturday morning, morning. Yes, me with my cereal watching X Men. <laughs> and this part I didn't tell you, but the first comic I picked up was an X Men comic. For some reason, I, I was surprised. drawn to it, and I had no idea what it was or heard of x-men but that was like in the 90s when video stores used to have comic books too Mm -hmm. um yep but yeah so anyway i digress (laughs) (laughs) but you you know what i wouldn't be surprised though either because at pizza hut days they were doing comic books as well and i remember on one of those uh plastic Mm. cups there, there was actually Wolverine, Gambit, Rogue, and all that on a plastic cup, and they also gave you a comic book too. What? Go with it. Where was I? Oh yeah. no! 
<laughs> I wish I had a time but, machine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was like in the 90s. I would like to actually go back and see if there's a commercial for that. The only thing I remember about Pizza Hut is like that read a book program that we used to have. Oh, yeah. If you read 10 books, you get like a mini personal pan pizza. Let's just say I had that thing lit. Everything yeah. Up. I was the one who was running out of business. Now that I am an adult who paid taxes, I think that that is a horrible idea. <laughs> Here's some food, children. Read a book. Like, this is terrible. That's why I still like pizza to this day. Right. So anyway, yeah. So going back through the X-Men series, um, I would say season three and four are the most impactful series seasons. <laughs> um, I wrote some notes here. So okay. one of my favorite um, episodes, let's see, it's called Orphans Inn. And that's when Scott meets his father. And they reunite, but his father is a fugitive from the intergalactic police. Remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah, I heard about the intergalactic. Yeah, I remember. But it's so sad because his dad tells this story of how they were flying, and the intergalactic space police was attacking the airplane they were on, or something like that. His dad was some type of pilot. So they were attacking it, and it was only one parachute left, and they gave it to Scott, and he jumped out the plane, and then they thought he died because it was so many explosions going on, like that, like got to me, like X Men. Are you crying? Oh, okay, no, it's I'm okay not... to cry though. <laughs> you know, real men show no, their I'm... emotions. Hey, okay. allergies, okay. allergies. I'm done. Okay. Well, anyway, back to my story. Because I only have a limited amount of time for this segment. <laughs> now you're good. But yes. So I I mean, X-Men, like that series, now looking back on it as an adult, that's like my soap opera. Like all the characters are so well written and fleshed out. And it really makes you feel for all of them, even the villains. And that's why I was disappointed I in you. the X-Men movies. I mean, yeah, the Wolverine, um, his backstory in the first X-Men, which I think is the one of the best X-Men movies they've done. And maybe Dark Phoenix, that's pretty good, too. I yeah, it's Dark pretty Phoenix. good. You know, they tried. They did pretty good. <laughs> but, yeah, um, Side note, I want them to reboot the whole X-Men movie franchise. Do you have any news about that? I don't know how they're going to introduce them, but I do have a speculation on how mm. they're going to introduce them. I wouldn't be surprised. And I've said this on my podcast before, but, you know, in case anybody is a new listener or whatever, but I've said this before. I think the perfect way to actually introduce them is through the Doctor Strange mm. universe. Where that portal's opening up. Because don't forget, WandaVision is coming out on Disney+. Oh, Plus. yeah. I forgot about so that. To... So, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a cameo over there. Because he actually has to go into her mind and tear her world apart. 
Yeah, yeah, that leads okay. into my um, second favorite episode. <laughs> I think it's the Dark Phoenix but, saga. I think I saw a cameo of Doctor Strange. Like Doc, Dark Phoenix was like flying through the um, universe. I think I mm-hmm. saw um, some of a cameo of Doctor Strange. Maybe the Guardians too. Oh. Let's see. The Guardians got introduced back mm. in 08. Okay. I want Maybe that was the Galactic yeah. Space Police. Yeah, because. Guardians was like brand new back in mm-hmm. 2008 because I did some research on this back whenever the first Guardians came out because I wanted to find out how long this yeah. has been around because I haven't heard of it. So it was around 2008 or 2009 when Guardians first came out. Interesting. But I thought it was yep. like the 70s or yeah, sooner. I thought it was <laughs> sooner, later, sooner, nope, sooner, later, later, nope, just okay. Later. <laughs> whatever much later. yeah <laughs> but but basically with vision with one division i wouldn't be surprised while her world is all hunky dory because she has vision again and everything and it's in this whole entire realm of the 1950s or 60s kind of style mm-hmm. with black and white kind of makes you look like a sitcom i wouldn't be surprised while her world is all nice and everything and with picket picket fences and everything our world is getting mm-hmm. shit stormed all the way through and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. It opens up a portal to where the X Men get introduced into that uh, into our world, mm. but they don't introduce them right away. I wouldn't be surprised that like at a post credit scene at the very end of Doctor Strange two, we would get a some type of X Men cameo. Mm. Yeah, because they bought the rights, right to Fox. Yeah, yeah, because they actually oh, own Fox, good. so therefore, yeah. So therefore, we can actually have our X Men into the MCU okay. now, in some way, okay, shape, or good. fashion. Um, they're gonna do that, so, right? They're not gonna yeah. forget about us. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think they're gonna, gonna start a, a letter writing campaign. Because Foggy said himself that he has mm-hmm. plans for the X Men. It's just trying to figure out where to put them. Mm. I wonder if he has to get some ideas from. Like the first comic. <laughs> well, he borrows ideas from other comics and stuff like that too. You call it first issue of X I guess that would be the proper term. I would... Right. I would be surprised if he actually used something from that and also blended in with something with Doctor Strange to yeah. coexist it. It's possible. Go... Right. But you know what you were saying about the X Men and everything about how that's relatable and everything. Everybody can actually relate to a certain character where they can actually gravitate towards and things like that. And that's what I loved about it was the fact that they were so fleshed out. And even with the villains, you know, usually with villains, it's like, ah, we don't care about the villains. We only care about the heroes. The villains are such an a-hole and everything. We just don't really care about, about them or whatever. And then once we find out their background and everything, we hurt just as much as the villains do because of their how painful their background exactly. is. Exactly. And and that's something that I really loved about the series. And then also, too, people, I've seen this in groups. I've seen this in comic book groups. Oh, it's co- this is way too political. Comic books are not supposed to be political. I'm like, okay, let's, okay, let's take a breather for a minute. X-Men has always yes. been political. 
and has always been a political comic. Same thing with the Watchmen. Watchmen has always yes. been political. So you're saying that even if you think about it, the Dark Knight Returns was also a political mm-hmm. thing too. Because you're dealing with the 1970s or 80s, I believe, with Reagan. Uh, yeah, say. yeah. Or Nick- right. uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was Reagan. One or yeah. the other. Yeah, it was Reagan. And then, of course, they have DK3, which is dealing with Trump and everything too. But let's go on ahead and talk about this mm-hmm. for a minute with the X-Men. And I always said this. The mutants are like where you're actually having people that don't fit into society and what people are thinking is the is normal. People who are not mutants are thinking that there there is a normal which is themselves. And because somebody else is different, they're going to judge that person for being di- different for having mutant like abilities. Yeah. And and it also goes co in hand with the LGBT LGBTQ community as well. Yeah, and even Stan Lee, you know, the father of all. <laughs> um, right. This is a documentary I saw a while back. I think it was called Comic Books Unmasked or Unleashed. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. They were just going, yeah, they were just going to like the history of um, comic book and the creation and they were interviewing the writers and creators. But um, Stan Lee was talking about X-Men and he said that he wrote it or created it up against like the civil rights movement and like i can see that if you're um a kid that just doesn't fit in or if you're gay or you know just different from society that's what he based the x-men off of i can see that i can actually see why he wrote that and how he wrote yeah there's like black panther (laughs) right and not only that, but it's about government too, about how they try and control society on what's yeah. normal and what's not normal and everything too. So I like that aspect as well. I do have a favorite X-Men though, and that is Gambit. Gambit's always been my okay, favorite wow. X-Men. It's just, I don't know. It's just something about him where he's snarky a little bit. He has kind of this cool, chill side kind of side to him where he tries to seduce people and things like that. And he's all, and I've always been obsessed with characters that are obsessed with like uh, playing cards and stuff. And he actually felt the bill yeah. for me. And yeah. Cause I remember hearing about a while back, the Gambit movie that thank God got scrapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who would be a good yep. um, actor to play that? I know a lot of people were talking about Channing Tatum, but no no he that's actually that's well i'm not gonna say that's why i got tanked but <laughs> matter of fact it was actually supposed to be broken pro, broke production and then they shut the production down right away and shane and Tannen was attached mm. to play gambit but for me i've said this before but you know the guy who plays renee off of true blood off uh of yes one? i think so he would have been a great gambit because of the fact he can do a Cajun accent mm. dead on. And you actually have to have that Cajun accent. I've heard Shane Tatum do an mm. Cajun accent before. And it's bad. And I'm like, okay, if he's going to do Gambit and everything, he has to do it without the Cajun accent. 
either you can do it or you can't do it. And if you try to force it, people are going to recognize the fact that the scene Yeah, kind of like Hateful Eight. When he was trying to do, was that like a Southern, I don't know what voice that was, but I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, when I see him, I just want to punch him in the face, but he's pretty to look at. <laughs> so I'm very conflicted about him. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's like, what do I do with you? <laughs> but, you know, I liked him in 21 Oh Jump yeah, Street, he was good in those. Jump I think he has yes. great comedic timing and everything. I just don't think he's the right fit for Gambit. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Uh, Wouldn't be the first time. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> but but I don't even think he's attached to that movie anymore anyways, since uh, Disney actually mm. bought a Fox. So I think that's over, said, and done. Mm. But I do want to see a better Jubilee than what I did when we saw the last um, the apocalypse. Oh, you movie. mean the barely there Jubilee? <laughs> yeah, she wasn't even in I'm the like, first X Men. Like, like I, only, I was like, "Where's Jubilee?" Because growing up, no. she was my favorite. And then I saw like the um, right. where the after credits, and I was like, "Wait, you right. guys cut that out?" <laughs> exactly. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, the character and. The animated series had more. Yeah, she was in the first episode. She was introduced. Right, right. So the game mm-hmm. in. Rogue I always and thought she else. should have uh, more elevated powers than just you know. Ooh, I can shoot sparkly things out <laughs> my hands. Right, they just made her like a secondary character without giving her. Yeah. A character. Well, sort. Well, kind of, sorta. Um. In the animated series. Well, in the animated series, she's more fleshed out, but when you look at Apocalypse... Mm, for the I erased that out of my head, but yeah. It's kind of secondary. <laughs> 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 and then, of course, you couldn't have... Um, let's see here. During that time, too, we couldn't have um, Magneto's kids mm. being connected with Magneto. That's why we had two different versions of Scarlet Witch and also her brother. In the series? Uh, not in the series, oh, but yeah. in the movies. Like, yeah, because of that whole entire thing. That's why we had two different versions of Scarlet Witch. Mm, yeah, and Quicksilver, right? And, that confused the hell yep. out of me. I was like, wait, it's... Um, <laughs> mm, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, he was supposed to be Magneto's son. Yeah, they kind of hinted on it in um, what movie? Which X-Men movie? Yeah. Uh, Days yeah. of Future Past. Days of... Yeah. Which I love. That's I love pretty Days good. of Past. But uh, going on what you said, uh, keep on t- keep on geeking out with me about All right, so speaking of show. villains, uh, another episode I liked uh, it was called Juggernaut Returns. So that kind of tells a little bit of the backstory of the Juggernaut um, and Charles, like their connection, because Juggernaut um, is his stepbrother, as the series told me. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Charles' right. stepdad and... married his mom for her money. See how much soap opera crap is in this movie? 
in this series. I like it sounds like Days of Our Lives or it's World Turns. <laughs> yeah, so we get a little back story of the juggernaut. Um, you know, he was like, I got I was sent away to the military school because my dad wanted to keep marrying my mom your mom and he forced me to be nice to you. Um, cause he said he didn't want me to mess anything up or his money. So yeah, they got real deep. I was like, wow, this is a lot for an animated series. Exactly. And I'm actually surprised that you and I <laughs> came out okay after watching the X-Men. What do you mean? <laughs> I grew up fast. You have to grow up fast when you watch the X-Men. If I have children, they're going to watch the X-Men. I'm like, it's time for you to grow up, son. <laughs> Mm-mm. But I'm only Not today. Not, Not today. <laughs> You're going to learn something today. <laughs> oh. Yes, it is. That's a good idea. Yeah. But yeah, I was surprised how much they got away with in that animated series because the other episode dealt with the introduction of Nightcrawler. And he was, you know, talking about the existence of God and um, how God and mutants and he was like, oh, I found my salvation and God. And he was trying to preach to Wolverine and Wolverine was like, I already tried. He don't like us mutants. Get that crap away from me. You know, and then he gave Wolverine a Bible. He's like, oh, I highlighted some verses. I was like, yep. what is <laughs> Is this <laughs> well? Well, if you remember the X Men United, he did uh, used to abuse himself when he would sin. Yes, but in the series, it went so much deeper, and I was like, "Am I watching TBN or what is going on?" <laughs> Preacher Night Crawler. <laughs> okay, everybody, let's go ahead and. <laughs> I uh, have the preacher. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, at the end, Wolverine is like asking right. God to forgive him in a church. I was like, whoa, that is an that awesome is moment deep. though in that series. Yeah, that is a good yeah, for they have such powerful themes throughout the whole series, and I'm almost finished. So, also, my other favorite episode is called "The Lotus and Steel," and that's when Wolverine goes to Japan to find himself, you know. So I thought that was pretty interesting as well. But I also like the movie when Wolverine is in Japan. Did they borrow something from the animated series with that or no? When they when he went I to Japan? I think so, because there was something someone mentioned called the Silver Samurai. Right, the Silver Samurai. It could have been the series that, and though. the comics. What's this? Do you know the Silver Samurai was in the comics? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah he was actually in the comics. Yeah, so um, I wish they would have seen more of the series. That would have prevented them from having all these crappy movies. Right, but Fox at the time was uh. like, continuity, schmottenuity. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And you don't uh, even have to worry about it connecting. Incorrect. Or making sense. If you think of it. They ruined. <laughs> yeah, they, they can ruined, actually tell us um, what they were doing. My childhood. Because I was so excited 
I saw the first X-Men in the theaters with my sister. We liked it. And then we was like, oh, let's see oh, the second one. We were like, oh, this was a mistake. And then it's like, let's go to the third one. Oh. I like the second one. <laughs> the third one. I want to race the third one. Yeah, and then you had X-Men, what, Wolverine Origins, which is it's kind of um, split down the middle. Like some people well, hate it, some people like it. Eh, I didn't like Wolverine Origins, and I didn't like the uh, mm, yeah. Last Stand. That's the mm. one I was referring to as the third one. And I didn't like the fact of what they did with, um, what's his name? You said Juggernaut. I did not like what they did with Juggernaut. I was actually excited. To see Juggernaut because I see this big old huge thing, and then once they let him out, I'm like, "This is it." Yeah. He doesn't. Look, he looks like <laughs> a turd. He don't. He doesn't, look, he doesn't look very menacing or anything like that. I'm like, "This is not. This is like a cosplayer pretending." Mm, you're to gonna be get some Juggernaut. fan mail today. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, even okay. Okay. This is the thing that ticked me off. We already know that uh, yes. I guess his power from the gemstone. We already know that he weighs about 120 pounds without the without that suit and everything without the gemstone. Okay. You know the kid who can actually disrupt the powers that stop the mutants mm-hmm. on the third film. Juggernaut would have buzzed right on through him because he doesn't have any actual powers. The powers mm. coming from the gemstone. Therefore, he went bold. Yeah, and he didn't really relate it to, um, like he's Xavier's stepbrother. Exactly. It was just this guy who happens to be in this jail with all these other mutants. And his name happens Uh, to be. Did they tie in Sabretooth and Wolverine? Yeah, they did that one with okay. the second okay. Wolverine movie. Or was that Wolverine Origins? Hmm. I want... I can't remember. Either one or two. No, 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 no. Wolverine Wolverine Origins was okay. when they went on ahead and did that. Because the second one was when he went to Japan. So yeah, okay. that was actually the first one. First okay. Wolverine. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure your listeners will call in. Yes, and correct both of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> True. But yeah, I remember when both of them were in like World War One, and it shows the Did they connect them as brothers? Juice. Or... Okay. I think they did connect them as brothers. Oh. In the movies, yeah. Well, my last... <laughs> the, the last episode that I like is called One Man's Worth. And that it well when you when I talked to you about it, you thought that was the Days of Future Past episode in the X Men series. Maybe right. it was. Right. I don't know because I know, I know Bishop and his sister, who I can't place her name, but they went back in the future, and then Wolverine and Storm are married. And they say, oh, we have to, I forgot what, I think they had to convince Xavier 
of something. I just forgot. Hmm. To, uh, yeah, to it's go like, back in time because um, he was just focused on I want to be a doctor and that's it, right? And they went back in time right. that's all in the 60s, 50s, 60s and to tell Xavier you're going to do something important you're going to build a school um something along that line and he was like no i'm gonna be a doctor what are you talking about i didn't go to med school for nothing <laughs> you know stuff like that no um, right but yeah i i think the scene that was kind of powerful was when um storm wolverine cable insert name his sister were in this diner and <laughs> Um, Storm and Wolverine were holding hands, you know, because they're married. And the diner um, owner was like, uh, you mongrels, get out of here with that. I don't want that in my diner. And I was like, whoa, how did I miss this as a kid? I was like, this is some serious stuff right here. Right? Exactly, because it actually goes hand in hand with those time periods where black people weren't allowed to eat in the same place that white people yeah, were. Yeah, it kind of reminded like me of, um, have you heard it's, of it's, the loving story? Like yeah. about that. It's a, it was an interracial no, couple um, from the 60s and they were one of the first to get married, but they went through a lot of, um, a lot of shit, you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. Wasn't easy. Right. But yeah. No. And I'm glad things are a whole lot easier now mm. compared to where it was years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and, and a certain aspect because we can actually all coexist inside the same buildings together get together the way that it needs the way it should be. We can actually have interracial relationships with different people, even though there are judgmental people and everything, but you know what I'm saying? It's not where it's like you can't mm. eat here. Or anything mm. like that. You know, it hasn't gone down to that level. Mm. At least to my understanding. <laughs> no, or it's it. it's better. It's just you have a few idiots out there who are still, you know, like the whole right. backlash with Black Panther. And I just laughed at him. I was like, Did you read the comic? It's like, why is this like Africa? I'm like, Did you read the comic? If you have an issue, you take it up with Stanley because right. he wrote this or co-wrote it. So I didn't really get exactly. that part. And then it was all this the racist like memes going on about Black Panther and it was so much negative press but also good press. So I think that negative press kind of pushed it and propelled it to make a lot of money. But that's another story. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yes. That's a story for another yes. day. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So, long story short, um, I'm reliving my childhood. And I want to thank Disney Plus for giving me my childhood back. Disney Plus is great because I actually watched a lot of stuff from my childhood on that app. Yeah. <laughs> and everything. Yeah. So. 
And I've actually watched a couple of X-Men movies, uh, not X-Men movies, but cartoons and stuff like that, too, the animated show. But I want to get back into it really heavy. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, because I saw, on. like, Snow White completely for the first time, and I was like, whoa, mind blown. Yeah. It's dark. <laughs> it's really dark. I remember when they re-released uh, Snow White Ooh. in the movie theaters in the 90s. And I actually went and saw it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's another episode where we can talk about how, like Aladdin. You know, it's like get out of here, you street rat, and it's like, ugh, down with right. you. I was like, whoa. Yeah, you can definitely tell Disney was borderline racist or racist. In well, general, yeah, in they, they've been racist. <laughs> But, you know, I, I was saying, right. <laughs> you're going to get so many calls. I'm sorry. Um, not really. Uh, but, yeah, One they call. were, I, I thought with Aladdin, and I know we're getting off topic, but I thought with Aladdin, they were okay. showing, um, oh, what was that? Was that Saudi Arabia? What? Somewhere along that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somewhere along there. Um, I've never seen anything like that as a kid. So I do credit Disney for opening up new worlds. <laughs> I did not even expect to say that. <laughs> no yes, you did. You did a dad okay. joke. That's all I have. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see here. I'm going to go on ahead and talk about yes, please, and thank you. Hunger Games prequel. Okay. So the Hunger Games prequel is that actually there's no production on it yet. There's no script on it yet. But mm. the book comes out May 19th. And the movie and story follows an 18-year-old Carlinia, Carlinius Snow. And he's actually the guy who was in charge of the whole entire operation with the Hunger Games, I believe. Uh, years before, he becomes the tri-antional uh-huh. president of Penanum. Nina Jacobs uh, was also the one who produced the original series of the Hunger Games through Color Force, alongside partner Brad Simpson and Collins as an executive producer for it. So you do have a uh, people that actually do understand the franchise and understands what understands what they're going for. So that's a plus. At least they're coming back to be executive producer and producing it. But here's the thing: for me, I only want the first. What's wrong games. with you? Yep, and that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it gets darker if you keep going. But it gets like this darker. Is like the, yeah, hello. I might actually go back and yeah, and then try it. Then do like an episode on it. But all right, hey. you challenge me. I'll definitely, I'll definitely do it. But uh, for me, I felt like okay, I was one and done. I saw the Hunger Games. I didn't really feel that drawn thing where everybody was drawn to it, so I was able to disconnect myself right away from it. And then that's also the same thing with the Divergent series, which I call is the Di- <laughs> or, uh, uh, Hunger Games series. part two. <laughs> right. And I actually watched the very first Divergent movie 
And I did the same thing that I did with the Hunger Games movie. I just connected myself from that too. I didn't feel like there was a need yeah, to I see didn't the really, other movies. Like the first Divergent movie was good, but I, like you said, I didn't really connect with that one as much as I did the Hunger Games. And I know a lot of people said, you know, the books are, the book is so much better than the movies. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I just connected with it, and. I think, but I'm not sure that it was um, maybe the writers or Susan Collins herself got the idea from this Japanese um, movie called Battle Royale. I think that's the name of it. It was, yeah, like these Japanese yep, school Battle kids Royale. get released in this forest and then they had to kill each other. Which is a great movie. So yeah, that was darker than Hunger Games. And I remember parents were protesting like, this is horrible. How could you show this movie and it appeal to kids and they're killing each other? I was like, you gotta grow up sometime. And of course <laughs> I have the collection. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you oh, just okay. mail it to me and let okay, me borrow cool. the collection yeah. and I'll just yeah. mail it back to you. I mean, I was going to uh, watch it one more time because it's kind of like a docu-series for what we're going through now. Okay. But I do get why you didn't connect to the first one because the first <laughs> one, like some ex aspects of it did get on my nerves. You know, like, Peter, oh no, I like this one. Oh no, I like that one. Oh, ooh. I was like... You are a strong, independent yeah. woman. <laughs> you... To me, if that, you know what? If you actually put that main character on the mm, fashion, I didn't think about that's it what that you would wind up yeah. And she, you're right. She was supposed to be the strong, independent, like person who was in, that was in charge of her own will, and also too trying to fight for her family, and also be a strong archer. And instead, mm, wow. we got the bachelor. Oh, in the Hunger Games. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You're good. <laughs> but it gets darker, though. Like, if you happen to see, like, right. two and three, it gets, like, real dark. Because I know, with, like, the campaign, the 2016 campaign, <laughs> I kind of had the Hunger Games in my head. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and there are so many memes, you know, like <laughs> I volunteer's tribute, you know, right. and may the finals ever be in your favor. So it's it's part of pop culture and part of Atlanta history, I guess, because the governor's governor, mayor, whatever he was. Yeah. The governor's mansion uh, was gov shot yeah. at the Atlanta History Center which is like a museum and a library here in Atlanta. So they still have yeah. tours that you can take that tour and go through, which is called the Swan House. Um, so yeah, they shot parts of it there. And I think they shot parts in um, the Marriott Hotel, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's pretty cool. 
But what do you think of the whole prequel idea behind it? I mean, I can see where they're coming from. Like, yeah, they want to do it while it's hot because of the fact that there are going to be a lot of people that Mm -hmm. are going to be grabbing this book. And here's the thing. When people read books for the very first time, there's always going to be that mixed review. It's not going to be well-received from what we had with the first three books. That's with anything that you read if it's a series. And I can understand from a studio's perspective, it's like, hey, look, we need to jump on this right away. But at the same time, it's like, uh, can't don't do you guys think that we should just go slow down for a little bit and see what this reaction is before we actually make another mm. one? So but with this prequel, this is just um like President Snow like becoming a president or Yep. This is actually following him back in the hold on. I actually have my notes. <laughs> but oh and uh, he's gonna talk old. about the building the um establishment of Pan Am or hmm. that yep. may be kind of interesting yep. though. Yeah, it's where as before he becomes the so where does Katniss um, family does her family fit into this narrative? From what I found out, there are going to be brand new characters that are going to be introduced into this thing. I don't know for sure if her parents are going to be introduced into this, but it would make sense if they were, because I'm pretty sure that when his during his 18 year since he's 18 years old. They would have to be around that same age. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, same I, age know, as well. I think it'd be um, really interesting if you're a fan of the movies, uh, just like how the districts formed and how Pan Am formed and the division of the classes and the economic downturn and like I I don't know because I always wondered that when I was watching the Hunger Games. Um, movies like okay so how did this come to be you know I think they actually uh, explained no, that no I'm a hard person I haven't I heard it's really good so, so maybe go I just I'm right read the book I'm not one of the but I think I think it'd be good if they take it. I'm not um, sure on that so material from the book but I know there is focused on um, is it based off his, this new book she wrote um, is it called Songbird uh, this, to be honest okay. with you they didn't even announce what the new book is even called so I'm not even sure what this thing is going to be called yeah, it's I coming out next month they, well she's going to be a consultant on it Susan Collins so, yeah, I, I think it'll yeah. be a good idea. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to do like a three movie deal. Right? That's what I have. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how big the book is going to be or if they're going to, if it's big enough to do a three part thing. Don't forget, though, too, we also have The Hobbit, and The Hobbit's not even that big of a book. But I'm hoping that they don't do that same mistake that Peter Jackman did making a three-part movie whenever the book is really mm, small. Yeah. This book is yeah. Small. yeah. That's true. I mean, I do like The Hobbit. Um, but that you was know, that was a struggle. <laughs> it definitely was. You can definitely tell 
that mm-hmm. no like especially the up. last one i was like oh, i'm kind of got like battle fatigue <laughs> right because if you're just doing nothing but a battle scene it's like okay we, we did that two in the two towers let's wrap this thing up right but at least the two towers had a little bit more motivation behind it backing it up where you actually had uh the other uh, the first film backing it up to where you can actually mm, see what's yeah, going true, on within the true. war and everything you know mm, opposed to yeah, what we got yeah. with the hobbit you know because really you could actually put that war scene and into the first film yeah of the hobbit if you think about it and you can actually cut down some of the runtime on it. And then, like, as soon as you see the very first person in the character that's about to end up attacking something, you can cut to black and then make that part of your battle scene and stuff to where you can actually maybe yeah. have it for like an yeah. hour and 40 minutes or something. Yeah. Peter Jackson was feeling himself too but much. This you know, he lived in that <laughs> hobby home in New Zealand. So he's like, I'm a hobbit. I can do what I want. Right. <laughs> mm. Exactly. Uh, I'm gonna eat all the Hobbit food and yeah, live which actually sounds have some pretty weed. good. <laughs> but I, I I would like to have a Hobbit house. <laughs> unless you're, I won't. Well, I I'm like short, kind of short head. enough where I'd be okay. But I'm not Hobbit short. <laughs> but I'm short enough where I think I can manage. But yeah, as right. long as like. Saruman doesn't come and you know kill my plants I think I'd be okay okay I'm gonna retire to a hobbit house we've established so <laughs> oh yeah we can go okay there we'll go to Ireland awesome okay <laughs> um mm, the other yes. topic that I have is the Sandman series is on hold because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, do you know anything about the Sandman or anything about the background or what's going on with it? It's been a while. I can only give bits and pieces. Um, I think someone um, introduced me to the Sandman. Like the... Did he come out in the 50s? It was like an original Sandman. And I want to say Neil Gaiman kind of took a concept from the original Sandman and kind of made him a little bit more darker. Like the people he saw in London. Which is from that documentary I just mentioned. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, but Joseph Gordon-Lovitz was okay. actually attached to be in the movie. And also to direct mm-hmm. or be a writer on the movie, I believe. But then it never even happened. And it was supposed to be with Warner Brothers. And that didn't happen. It didn't fall through. And now it's actually going to be happening. But the COVID-19 pandemic has actually put it on hold. Joseph Gordon-Levin is no longer attached to it. But basically, the plot, the plot is Dreams of Endless, who rules over the world of dreams. The original series ran 75 issues in January of 1989 and ended on March 1996. It's about stories and how 
Mor Morpheus, the Lord of Dreams, is captured and subsequently learns that sometimes mm, change is yeah. inevitable. Yeah, I, I probably have a few um, Sandman comics on my bookshelf, but I don't know which ones oh, I wow. have because I haven't looked at them in a while. But is it going to it's going to be in theaters or is it coming to Netflix? Interesting. Okay. It's actually going to be in theaters. And uh, it's actually just moved back because of the COVID-19. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to mm. see what this thing's going to look like because I never read a Sandman comic. So for me to see this on the big screen for the first time and wondering what I'm in store for, and there's that mystery element of me not knowing mm. the character. Well, uh, like that yeah, I'm excited, excited too, but I'm also nervous because it has that feel like Watchmen where if it's not written right or the screenplay, then it could kind of get lost in translation, you know, because the comments are so detailed because you're jumping That's to true. dream sequences and you're going back in time. So it's kind of like if you don't do that correctly, you're going to get a watchman. That's true, too. Uh, uh, so you no, didn't really care for the Watchmen no, that much. I know there's an HBO Watchmen series that yeah. I like but um, that's just me <laughs> yeah that was really good yeah right yeah it's completely See, I different like the, uh, from the HBO comics series. Mm, yeah, right. They made it yeah. more of a. But yeah, that's that's the only um, concern I have. Like, is Neil yeah. Gaiman gonna be a consultant? Right. I think he might be a consultant on it, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think I've read that too in on ComingSoon.net's. Okay. Uh, Maybe article. that'll help. When I was writing, but I do help. know that it's <laughs> it's it's. It's a lot of metaphors, you know, because there's death and it's a girl, you know, and then you you have death as a girl and then you have the Sandman and then they're talking and, you know, you got to go like really deep and be a very um, strategic and visual screen pro screenplay writer, I think. Yes, it does. And the cemetery, like, it has to be like, as well. like with Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. how that kind of was like, like the cinematography and that kind of blew me away. So it kind of has to be like that, but a little bit Same above. Same here, but I'm yeah. also seeing a yeah. little bit of inception yeah, you can with, tie that into with this as well. With Christopher Nolan. So. That would be an awesome story if they actually yes. went in the cinematography yeah, with that and with Guardians. I mean, I, so. I'll watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I wish them the best because that, that is not easy to translate on screen if you don't have like a really strategic and smart writer or at least somebody who's read the comics and understands and who's in touch with Neil Gaiman. Exactly. So I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it and what this thing's going to look like by the end of it. And by the, mm -hmm. by the 
by the time that it's actually done doing what it's doing, when they're done with everything, I can actually judge it for that. But for right now, there's a little mystery element to where I don't know yeah. what this thing's going to look yeah. like. So I'm and some people didn't like um, Good Omens when it came on Amazon Prime. They were like, this isn't like the book or what I envisioned. So, I mean, I know you can't please everyone, but you're going to have that as well. Right. You're going to have that uh, split between the book and the um, yeah, you know, yeah. the TV series, uh, series audience, though, that hasn't even read the book. So therefore, yeah, they can actually but maybe I, appreciate I think it a little good bit more because they haven't read it. Read one of the books. <laughs> they can have a, a gist of what's going on. But if you're, like I said, if you're a talented writer, um, even if you haven't read the the graphic novel, you can still kind of get into it. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Um, let's see. For topic number four, I know oh, you've seen yeah, the, I love the that movie. Ravel Kelman. Well, as I mentioned earlier when I was going through mm, my yes. whole entire thing, they're actually remaking it. Mm. With Chris Pine. And it's a rumor that he's attached to it. Right now, um, it's not official or anything like that, but Deadline reported it today that he's actually in talks to play. Can't they just Val drag role. Val Kilmer out of whatever hole he's in? <gasps> oh, no. Well, I'm sorry. this. Val oh. Kilmer I'm sorry, Val. Cancer. Oh, no. Is he okay? <laughs> it's okay. Oh, thank goodness. He, okay. Yeah, he's okay. He's out of intermission and everything. As a matter of fact, that's why it took them a while to do Top Gun because Tom wanted mm. to wait until Bell was even yeah. better to do it. So the way he can do it. And not only that, that Bell Kilmer was even... Mm. I just got done watching the Jane Silent Bob reboot. Oh, really? Movie. Wow. And Bell Kilmer played a cameo role in it. Oh. Yeah. He was playing Silent Bob. So it was good to see him back on the screen again and acting yeah. again, even though he wasn't saying anything and he was only in there for five seconds. But mm, it was just yeah. refreshing. Yeah, I'm sorry, Val, if you're again. listening. <laughs> um, Dexter Fletcher is going to be the one who's going to be directing this movie. He's done movies yeah. like, let's see here. I can actually pull it up. By Dexter, Dexter Fletcher. He's actually done a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Whenever you yeah. look at Eddie the Eagle, Rocket Man, So he's got a knack for doing stuff like this. So my thing is this I just got done watching the scene not too long ago. I went on ahead and revisited. And yes, it is cheesy. The dialogue is very cheesy. And then also, too, you can definitely. You know, whenever you have that mm, yes. 90s music playing behind the dialogue, where it's supposed to be romantic, and you have that yeah, cheesy like they play it, TJ dialogue Max. that flows with it. Exactly. And that's exactly how that came off to me. I'm like, ooh, I was like, the only thing that's selling it right now yeah. is Bill yeah, I, dialogue. Man, I haven't seen that movie <laughs> in such a long time. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yes. It's on Netflix. Yeah, 
it's it's so good. I I still love it for the cheesiness. Mm, yeah, yes, it, really it is really it, good. Um, because he's a um, jewel thief, spy. He's actually a spy for um, mm. well, Russian. He was some robber for the Russian mob or something, and he winds up getting caught and blackmailed. And next thing you know, the mob is after him. And he goes through these different disguises and he seduces this one girl that he's supposed to be uh, stealing something from. And then the supposed to be is actually part of the uh, Russian mob. Soviet Union and everything. It's actually, it, that's what I loved mm. about it. Was, yeah, that was um, Elizabeth Shue, right? Okay. Uh, is she okay? Yep. Or... yep. <laughs> I'm concerned about the celebrities I haven't heard from. I don't know. You let me get out camera as cancer. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to call him. I gotta call him. I gotta call him. I thought you knew about that. Like, hey, you doing okay? It's been a while. (laughs) Like, you do. You do know. He's like, I don't don't do this to yourself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. (laughs) But yeah. I'm excited. Well, he played a a role, like the Alchemist role, as you said. Yeah, he's gonna be. Yeah, he's gonna be playing. Val I guess Kilmer's that role. could work, but I still want Val Kilmer. I want him to play a cameo. I want Val to play a, a cameo in this. If it's gonna be a remake, why not? Or he could just do it. Just where he do it. Him to be the way he was, <laughs> or something. Right. Exactly. But you know. I love what Val Kimmer did for the Saint, and this is not a Saint review, but I love the different characters, the different disguises that Val did and everything. And yeah, he just and did I like spy movies anyway. Movie. Um, yeah, yeah, that's why I like. And high school, uh, I like the Mission Impossible fan. series, even if even the bad ones. I was like, oh, this is horrible, but you know what? I'm committed to the cause. <laughs> Like Fallout is really good. Though. <laughs> you know what? I only watched. I need to watch that. I only watched the first two films. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think it's on uh, Amazon Prime. I think Fallout <laughs> I, is on I, Amazon I, Prime. Um, and what's his name is in it. He yeah, plays Superman. Yes, which I thought his uh, performance was kind of wooden. So, uh, I don't know. I think I talked to somebody about that. Like, when he does his American accents, he's kind of stiff. But when you watch The Witcher, he's, like, engaging. Right, because his presence is actually known and everything too, with the dialogue mm, and the yeah. way it's float. Uh, I mean, he was out. good in Fallout. It's just, but he was kind of wooden. Yeah, he was kind of flat. And it's like it was just kind of flat a little bit. Well, don't forget too that was also during the time of Justice League as well. So he had to go and fly off to do Justice League to do that um, to do a scene and then also to fly back mm, listen if Tom Cruise can do it he can do it too there are no excuses yeah exactly. and I follow him on Instagram well he's the witcher he is um, 
he he baked bread. <laughs> so that was that was good. <laughs> That's how I can get in touch with the hilarious. I'm like, hmm, what Halle Berry doing today? <laughs> oh, okay. She's reading a book. Okay, cool. What Henry Cavell doing? Oh, he's baking bread. Okay, cool. Is it sourdough bread? What kind of bread is this? <laughs> <laughs> like what's the rock doing? Oh, funny, he's giving though. marriage advice. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I did. I was okay, like, this is good. Points, this. good <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. see you over there in pen and notepad. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he's been divorced. Uh, so you know, if anybody has been divorced, they know it. They know. Yeah, if you're divorced yeah, or you've been married for like talk. What, talk talk. 20, 30 years, I will listen to you. <laughs> five yeah, marriages, five you're marriages expert, I think you have to stop. <laughs> you keep going. <laughs> right, you're on You expert keep going. The eighth marriage but you're not even following will the advice you're giving us. <laughs> I, was I don't know. I think I would definitely like, stop. You know what? If this ain't working, then I just, I can't. <laughs> it's not for me. This isn't for me. Right. It's just not for me. <laughs> right. Um. Mm. So, the last topic I have is Atlanta drive-in theaters or, or theaters opening up in general at Atlanta. Or how is that actually worded? Um, because I know you, of course, you live yes, in Atlanta. Yes, so I'm, I'm from Atlanta too. Um, but now I live 20 minutes outside the perimeter because it's quieter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah sort of, kind of. <laughs> so you live yeah. like in the countryside yeah. a little bit. Or... Yeah, but you okay. know, still Atlanta. Still suburban. <laughs> from my accent, as you can tell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's kind of like Atlanta, I still drive like it now. I'm like, move slow, people. Uh. But anyway, there's that's interesting to me. Um, I know there was a drive in called was it Starlight? I don't know. The yeah, um, I think that would be okay, yeah, Starlight. maybe for the opening because you're in your car, and I've been to that. Um, drive-in theater before it's pretty cool um it just gets kind of tricky when you go in for concessions so maybe if everybody can just bring their own food (laughs) well from what i read from the article and they said they were going to do their safe distancing still you can still order from the the people are just going to have their mask on that's serving you so that's always a good thing and Mm. of course you know just protect yourself i still say it's too soon because the governor our governor (laughs) he just issued that all the hair salons and the bowling alleys and all these places people frequent with large crowds they're going to be open friday and now we're the laughing stock (laughs) of everywhere like Whoopi Goldberg was talking about us and how stupid our governor was I was like yes I'm ashamed I kind of want to move to somewhere else (laughs) it's not George (laughs) and like I said our governor 
like I said, our governor is not much better either. Mm, All he wants to talk about no. is the tornadoes that went through here. And he doesn't mm-hmm. really give us much information that he should be giving us. Other than the fact that we're all in this together, we're uh, letting other people decide mm. on what they want to wow. do. Wow. And that's about it. <laughs> and then, of course, there was a bad oh, storm oh. that happened Sunday and yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did have a couple of tornadoes that came through. One of them actually wiped out one of my friends who happens to be a oh, preacher. Wow. His, his okay? uh, mom and dad's house got okay, destroyed. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, they're fine. So that's a plus. So, but yeah, it's just, it's yeah, just crazy about this whole entire coronavirus. But if they told me today that, forget about drive-ins for a minute, if they told me today, yeah, like, yeah I don't the feel is safe open, yet. I'm not I know that the experts, which is who I would expect us to listen to, <laughs> the scientists, um, I know they said probably July would be better because we're still in this peak season of the virus. And I know there's pressure from small businesses or businesses in general. Um, But yeah, I think if our government can just give out more checks, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you can print money. But anyway, if they <laughs> they could just give out more checks and sustain the small business owners, then they won't have to worry so much about I have to get back out there. Um, especially right. since it's a uh, peak season for the virus, and well, if I have to be here until December because of my governor's stupidity, I'm gonna be very upset, and I'm gonna talk about it on your show. Right. <laughs> well, another thing too that I want to mention oh. is, as a matter of fact, our donut shop is going to be opening up mm. Monday. Yeah. And one plus yes, side is we is don't good. have the school travel. I mean, not for the parents, but it's good for everyone. So else. that's so that is a positive. <laughs> side. Right. Because we don't have to worry about if you wanted an eclair or anything like that, we wouldn't have to worry about us putting yeah. the school yeah. traffic and everything else to get a donut. If we wanted a donut. Mm, like, I don't know. It's still too know. early. Because I remember the movie theater, like AMC uh, by me, and when the, the beginning stages of this virus, yeah. they were like, we're open and we're cleaning, we're doing all this stuff. And we have limited hours, and then it turned right. into okay. We're gonna close. This isn't working. So my question is, what's gonna be different this time? Well, another thing too is mm. AMC is not doing so great right now. Anyways, even be- get this, even before this pandemic, oh, wow. they were actually about a billion dollars in the hole before this pandemic actually happened. And now they're on the verge of probably having mm. to do Chapter 11 bankruptcy if they don't do something soon. So, of course, they're going to try and get anybody inside that movie theater know. right now. I mean, I but don't. The only way to save it I is don't Chapter trust 11. humans. I relate to Dr. Manhattan, where you just want to go sit on Mars and say, I just want to be alone. 
Yeah. He had the right idea. And I think even Yeah, Yoda, I mean Dr. Manhattan I think, I started think even quarantine life idea. before there was quarantine life. You know. But yeah, um I mean I like some humans. Right. You know, I like you, but everybody else I don't like. But anyway, uh and few of my <laughs> friends. Yeah, shout out to them. Thank you. Uh um, <laughs> a story but, um yeah, I don't I don't trust some people to keep that six foot rule. Uh, plus, it's hard to keep like six feet away, keep your distance. Like we all kind of gravitate to each other. So, yeah, I'm not sure. And exactly. they're talking no about cleaning procedures. I'm like, no, I'm sure there are workers who will follow that order, but you want them to clean like every two hours or how many people come in uh, I don't see that happening no. I don't either to be honest with you Yeah, and you have to keep on yeah. cleaning over and over and over again repetitiveness so if you have to keep on doing yeah, that can you imagine what the show like times some delays. Would be like yeah, I don't. I don't know. Definitely. I mean, we'll see. But um, I I do hope this changes, like all the cleaning procedures that we have in general. Because whenever I go to grocery stores, they're like, "Oh, we're cleaning the carts." I'm like, "Should have been cleaning the carts," but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, one thing I have to give. I live in a small town, but. One of the things I can say about the the grocery store that we go to is the fact that every single time when someone's done with the cart, they have mm, to bring it right okay. back into the store, and that person goes ahead and wipes it down. And he has also the uh, he also has the hand sanitizer yeah. and everything else ready yeah. to go to disinfect everything. Yeah, I I want so to give credit to to my mom because she's a nurse and she taught us to be germ freaks. So. I think that helps me too. <laughs> I'm like, you're just now washing your hands with 20 seconds. That does. Oh, I've been doing it since I was three. No. <laughs> oh, I came out the one washing my hands. I've been Filthy doing it since it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, um, I don't, I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, I'll try to keep up with the news here as well to see what's going on with our movie theaters but I still think it's too soon um yeah July would probably be a little bit better um or August I would push it to August to be honest I'm just paranoid but yeah let's just try yeah let's try for July you know but all this is open Friday (laughs) I'm like okay so if I mean our our um, toll is already kind of high in Georgia. And I'm like, so if you just try this experiment, you know, like, okay, let's open everything Friday. And then our toll is higher than it was before. I hope that he leaves the state because a lot of people be very upset. If you think about it, it's kind of like that governor from Jaws, and like, no, there's no sharks in our in our. You're gonna close the beach, 
There's nothing wrong yeah, with Yeah, it's kind of like those um, There's no dumb kids <laughs> I saw when before they closed the beach. And they were like, oh, that virus is an old people virus. We're young. Yeah, spring break. I was like, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, across college campuses. And then they wind up like, in sick. dorms. <laughs> people got sick. And then on top of that, I just saw in the news today that mm, wow. uh, a little girl from Michigan died. Yeah, that's sad. That's like, I think she was like maybe nine or ten years old. And I don't know if there was like any other problems before she had the virus or not, but I know yeah, that also does. plays a toll too. It but does. still, just someone that and young, it, I don't know. It, it it makes me sad in general. Um, that it's kind of like. Are we taking care of each other as a community? You know, like if you're sick, are you going to wear a mask? And even exactly. if you're not, because I, I wear a mask when I go out to the grocery store and I know they say, oh, that doesn't prevent you from not catching it, whatever. I'm like, well, I'm um, saving somebody else's life. Exactly. But you know what's funny though? Oh, we have wow. older people down here, like in their seventies or whatever, and they're not even wearing a mask. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to protect you. No, I guess they say, well, mask, this is it. You're not even protect, <laughs> protecting your own self. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's like, well, we lived a good life. Yeah, it's kind of like being keep playing to the ship like, goes well, down. It's been great yeah. playing with you. <laughs> I don't want to go out like that. <laughs> right. No. I mean, either. I don't want a virus to take me out. Unless that's what Yeah, that's I can't God's either. Plan is like, yeah. okay, John's going to die of a virus. Mm-hmm. I can't do anything about that. Hopefully but, Nightcrawler will pray for us. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes, he'll take your donations. <laughs> Reverend Nightcrawler. <laughs> But anyways, I think that pretty much concludes everything that I wanted. No, as always, everyone be safe. Hang in there. If you have to reach out to friends, do so. Just you're not in this alone. That's all I have. Exactly. We're all in this. I know celebrities say this all the time, but we're actual normal people people that live in day-to-day lives but we're all in the same boat as you guys are just stay safe use common sense and everything as well another thing too is i just want to apologize to any fans that i have that have been trying to send in voicemail messages and everything i was i did get in touch with anchor for the last two days and anchor actually helped me out through this whole entire two days about trying to get the voicemail messaging fixed up I have some good news. I went through all 122 episodes and put the links to where you guys can actually send in voice messages. Yay! And it's actually working now. So you're able to send in voice messages now. So I'm just letting you know, Anchor is definitely a, do, does a great job of responding to their Twitters, tw- uh, to the tw- tweets that I sent out, and also very thanks Anchor I'm sending out messages. So a big thank you to Anchor for what they're doing. <laughs> so this is what else I have to say. I hope that everyone has a good night. I hope that everybody stays safe. 
we'll definitely be doing this again tomorrow. We're going to find out some other topics that we can probably talk about. I just found out that yes. is actually signed on for Nightcrawler's prayers have worked. So, so we're going to talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're going to talk no. about that tomorrow. No. We're going to have a whole other whole no. entire sweaty podcast ready for you tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm, I'm so sweaty ready. balls. One of these days, I'm going to have you say this is going to be a sweaty <laughs> okay. episode. One of these days. I won't mm-hmm. go that far. But it's going to be like swing your face nah, I like to, to no, exercise. I like geeked out. Where you're sweating to the oldies kind of sweat. No. And the geek that well, takes a shower. you're going to be out <laughs> with us. <laughs> But anywho, until next time, thank you for joining.